We took a weekend off from touring And so we made our way back home We heard our house party was brewing It's Friday, so let's get drunk, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Welcome back everybody to the last call podcast my name is aaron thompson i am your host and alongside me as always i have my co-host nick warner aaron do you know the price of a pie in jamaica 3.14 dollars who says it like that 3.14 three dollars and 14 cents yes okay uh do you know what it costs it, it, it's actually 250 uh, do you know what it costs in the Bahamas? Uh, I'm gonna say two fifty. It's uh, actually three twenty-five. Uh, those are the pirates of the Caribbean. Pi pirates of the Caribbean. There hold you on, go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. No, uh, no, I, no. I had to cut this, and now we get a. No, no, no. <laughs> We're already to that point. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us on this Friday uh, from Nick and I. We do appreciate you guys listening to us ramble about Pirates of the Caribbean. Gotta love a good pirate. <laughs> Nick, we do have a, uh, a guest tonight, though. Isn't that right? Uh, that is correct. I, I, I hesitated <laughs> there. I was a little nervous. I was a little, uh, uh, I'm, I'm nervous to have two of the, the same name in the same room now. We we do have, well, okay, so let's let our guests introduce themselves, because why why are you nervous with the two names of the same? Let's go to, I, I, let's go to Nick number two. Are we going to, are we going to do this? Are we going to do Nick number one, Nick number two? Because Nick number two is also named Nick. So Nick, say hello. Nick Hi number guys. two, I'm sorry. It's Nick number two. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> here to drink with you guys what's up so, so we've we've talked about this in the past though uh so i typically go by my last name and he goes by nick and that was usually because he was born first so he has the honor of taking rights take precedence yeah. the, the birth rights yes thank you so i i'm sure you'll probably hear me call him schaefer Every once in a while. I know we've mentioned Schaefer's name before on, on the podcast. Uh, he is the uh, uh, the inventor of the V-neck pants. Some of the best ideas come out drunk. And I think that it's living proof. I try to live most of my life with my best ideas drunk. Nick, Schaefer, how do you, how do you feel about Rihanna stealing your idea except just reversing it for the butt crack? Well, it's kind of the natural progression, right? So I, I thought tits. Everybody wants to see tits, right? Nobody's like, you know, we should see less of that. And then, like, ass. Everyone wants to see more ass. I'm cool with that. So I thought eventually, though, you know, we're going to be, people are going to want to see some dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2021. I mean, <laughs> I'm just. But, but do you feel cheated? Do you feel slighted? Do you feel like you should be making some money off of those uh, but? butt v pants or I, I don't know what they're calling them as long as i get to like get some sample pairs like to, to mo watch her model them for me i'm totally cool just to make sure that it's you know schaefer approved i don't want well, any low quality work coming out well I, well I think you should buy a pair but then reverse them and then <laughs> and try those out and see how they fit uh, I, 
think those are going to be tight, but I don't think my balls are that large to fill that out. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Nick and I will uh, do our very best from the Last Call podcast to make sure that you can get a pair of those those leggings, and uh, we'll we'll try to have somebody model model them for you. Can't promise it's Rihanna. Can't promise it's even a woman, but we'll, we'll get somebody to model them for you. Take what you I'm... can get. So, Schaefer... Um, as always, we go around the table and, and talk about what we're drinking tonight. Um, are you are you on the the, the bandwagon? Uh, I'm drinking a, a a Michigan favorite, Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Oh, that's that's aggressive. Yeah, it's seven <laughs> percent. You know, it's just, it's I'm drinking beer. That's what I'm drinking, right? I yeah. saw him walk in the door tonight, and that was the first thing I saw that six pack like break the doorway, and I was like, ooh man. It's going to be a long one. Hey, but more power to you, especially if you finish them. Uh, uh, more power to you. I just, uh, you know, take it easy. Uh, know your know your limits there, Schaefer. I, I know you're a, a seasoned veteran of the alcohols, but... Connoisseur. It's a hobby, right? It's a hobby. <laughs> when, when, when Warner has 15 bottles of Jack on his mantle, that's not like a... You can't say I'm a hobbyist or a connoisseur of whiskey. You're just like, I'm an alcoholic. That's yeah, that's... I found beginning of covid is if you just buy like a different bottle each week it's a nice hobby right yeah, yeah. that's 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 a good point honestly yeah well we'll we'll say that you have a hobby and um okay but so we you... can't we can't uh discriminate or whatever you want to say when we literally drink six beers every week on a podcast so that's just part of the show well, that's true well that's it that's his show warner what are you drinking as always, I'm I'm going with the old faithful Budweiser, Bud Diesel, uh, the Red Bandit, as I like to now call it, because I just made that up. Uh, but yep, that's it. So their Fourth of July cans were pretty sweet. The uh, yeah, they had, they they made the red, silver one. Blue. Yeah, yeah, the the silver one was it was okay. I mean, kind of looked like a Diet Coke can, and then with some blue stars on it. Yeah. I mean, I so, I thought whatever. they were. It was just, it was different. It was a mix up from the the traditional red can. I, on the other hand, um, I, I'm going back to the Trulies, uh, mainly because I had a bunch of them left over from 4th of July. So, uh, but this time I got the, the Truly Punches. Ooh. So. Tasty. Is this your first time? Uh, the, well, I had them over the 4th of July, uh, but ah. I did, uh, I did have quite a few of them. So I've got four of these Truly Punches. And then I've got two Bud Light seltzers, but they're like the retro. So the flavors I have, I've got a uh, blazing blue raspberry, and I've got a groovy summer ice of the. Hang on, what do you what do you mean these are retro ones? Yeah, I was lost there too. Like it, it, Bud it was Light like, seltzer, re- oh summer ice. That looks like that summer ice would be a uh, what? What's the thing that when you ice somebody? Oh, Smirnoff uh, ice. Smirnoff. It looks like the red, white, and blue Smirnoff ice. These, these cans are kind of cool. They're like tie dye, and I I just saw them and they caught oh, my eye. And I tried them, but they're they're, they're good. throwback because of like the tie dye and everything. I thought you said like throwback, like this is an old flavor that they brought back. And I was like, there's no way these have been around that long to have a throwback yet. No, the cans are like tie dyed and and they're. I think they're pretty cool looking, but they caught my eye and I tried them. Um, 
over the fourth, I, I went on a float trip and I took these Trulies and I took some of these Bud Light seltzers with me. They are all 5%. I did check again. Um, I drank them very quickly and we floated for about three hours. We got back to the car and I started to feel nauseous on the way home. And I was like, this is not going to be good. Uh, so I had to close my eyes the entire ride on the way home. And by the way, the street that I live on is not a paved road. It's a, um, oh, c- a cobblestone for lack of a better way to, it, it's bricks, but it's like cobblestone. So we're rocking <laughs> the whole way. I'm not feeling good. This is just a bad situation. Make it home, go into my room to just like relax for a second. And, uh, next thing I knew I was being woken up. I passed out on the floor for a solid hour Everybody had like showered and changed clothes and stuff from the river. And I was still in my swimsuit, just passed out on the floor. So that's how my 4th of July went. Uh, so hopefully these will do the trick for me tonight. And uh, I'll get a little little drunk. I, I hopefully don't pass out on the floor. I do have to work tomorrow. So <laughs> Wait, no, I don't. You have to work on a Saturday? I would hope not. I don't have to work tomorrow. Can- can we talk about uh, so one of my favorite things about uh, our friend Nick is his ingenuity and uh, inventiveness or whatever. Uh, so Nick is currently down in my basement. That sounds like I'm holding him down there, but he's not. He is free to go whenever he wants. But we had to make. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> this was a nine and a half minute podcast then. So if you're okay with that, that's that's cool with me. Um. But anyway, we had to make like kind of a little makeshift studio for him. And like we kind of just threw something together. He was like, oh, here, here's this and here's this and here's this. And took some, uh, what do you call it? the uh, jumper, cables. jumper cables. And we tied them between two of the lights in my basement. And the whole reason we're doing this is because it's so echoey down like in the basement. Took that and then strung up a blanket over the top of them and everything. And then we had this, like, basically a makeshift recording studio that blocked out a lot of the echo. And honestly, Chipper, that is, like, one of your fucking amazing great talents is, like, just being able to look around you and being, uh, I don't know what you call, the, the being, uh, what, ingenuitive. If, if, uh, he he seems ingenuity ingenuity seems, seems kind of like a redneck engineer to me where well uh, but, jumper cables but, <laughs> but that applies but it applies to a lot of stuff in life though you'd be surprised like even in engineering you'd be surprised how much of, of stuff is like oh people are like oh i can't figure this out it's just like okay what do, what if you did this this and this okay yeah that works okay well we'll use it was that a talent you've had since a, uh, you were a kid schaefer um, I've always found creative ways to get hurt or get a, uh, you know, what, Warner and I did robotics together, which is a true nerdy thing. And that was probably one of my favorite things. Uh, one of my proudest moments as a, a quote unquote engineer here is when we were at the world championships of robotics and the okay. Chinese kids were very, very like uh, standoffish. They only stuck with their own little click, but they were very impressed with what we had designed and built. And Warner, do you remember what those guys said? <clears throat> do, do you want me to say it? Uh, <laughs> I was just curious. I want to make sure you remember what I was talking about. I expect this. It. I expect so, this to be in Mandarin. It's actually. <laughs> it's, it's no, no. Not, it was oh, they, actually no. They, it was in English. It they was said in it English. in their butchered English for us, which was kind so, of really nice, actually. Yeah, and, and I and this is not to be. I, I, 
I'm gonna say this uh, canceled here not we to be canceled. racist. Yeah, and we're not trying to get canceled here. But what? this is they're from so, China. English isn't their first language. I wouldn't expect I them to speak perfect but, English. But if you spoke this, they'd be saying, "Oh, that's racist." The way that you're saying this. So I'm. I'm but this is how they said it. Pretty totally saying this. It was just funny. The, 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 this is the way it sounded, right? Um, so one of the mentors walks up and sees Nick's robot, and they're all looking around and gathering around. The mentor walks up. He goes. Oh, most impressive for 100% scoring accuracy <laughs> is what he said. And literally nothing else. No awards of that weekend or week could have mattered. That random Chinese man's praise is all, all that's going to stick with me. Hey, yeah. there. I, I will say there is something to be said about somebody not from the United States, like complimenting you on something that you did. Uh, so yeah, you you got absolutely. you got complimented by the Chinese uh, mentor uh, of his team saying that you were very impressive. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what 100% scoring accuracy means. Well, it, it was it was describing the robot like it was. They came up typically in robotics. Everybody would start out and do their kind of own designs. Like th there's a game. There's generally a game to it, and everybody goes about like figuring out how to score the most points in the game. Well, eventually throughout the season, everybody ends up with like the same damn design because they all copy off of each other. And then it all kind of converges to one design. Well, Schaefer's robot was just far and above like different and weird and, but it worked really well. And it was just a really interesting design that nobody else had thought about. And the guy was very impressed by it because it wasn't a copy of everything else. And it wasn't just a reiteration of something. So well, that was what he was saying was impressive. I think that is a, a very uh, big compliment. Um, again, the, the Chinese, I feel, pride themselves on being very good in those industries, the math, science industries, typically. Absolutely. They, they take that very seriously. So uh, a compliment from them is, is big. Um, what I was saying about getting compliments from people that are not from the United States, uh, Warner, I know, you know, this story, uh, I might've told it on the podcast where I was blessed with, uh, good karma by an Ethiopian man. Ah, yes. Yep. And, and that, that is just, that is stuck with me. The, I did a good deed for those, uh, who don't remember if, or maybe I didn't even tell this story at I think I did though. It's probably where, like episode four. No, you definitely told it. Wh where I, uh, where maybe, I, maybe, maybe. Where I, uh, there was a very drunk girl. She needed to get home. I helped her get into a taxi. She was passed out in the back seat. So like, it, I had to go with her. the The cab driver stayed there. I got her into her house. I, I left and, and went back to the bars to meet up with Warner and the rest of our friends. And on our way home, he said, "What you did was really nice for that girl, and uh, you're gonna have a lot of good karma for that." So I was blessed with good karma by an Ethiopian man. And something about him just being Ethiopian, I don't know why, just made it made it hit a little bit harder, right? If Schaefer or you, Warner, would have told me, you're going to have good karma for that, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> something about him being Ethiopian just really kind of stuck the point home. So, the again, the, the Chinese pride themselves on science and technology. Schaefer, I, I would wear that with a pride. Like, can, can you make a T-shirt that just says... I was complimented um, by a Chinese man. <laughs> I think that might be pushing it. That might be pushing okay. it. We don't want to exploit. I, I was worried about my little thing that I said. 
what? <laughs> well, there is nothing wrong with what I just said. It's just, it's a compliment. And you got one from a Chinese man. He was from China. He's Chinese. That's the end of the story there. Um, but I do, God damn it. <laughs> somebody, okay. Somebody recently pointed out that I say that when I'm trying to transition things. And uh, it, it's really irritated me because now I'm starting to catch it. And I just did it right there. So thank you to that person who pointed <laughs> that out. But I'm going to do it anyway. anyway. We're going to move on to the next. <laughs> Speaking of exploitation, uh, did you guys hear about the NCAA eligibility rules that have now changed with the uh, name, image, and likeness? where athletes are now able to make money on their name, image, and likeness. They're able to sign deals. To my knowledge, they're still not able to be actually paid a salary by the university, but if they want to go to Nike and get a shoe deal with Nike, they are able to do so as a college athlete. Have so, you- I, yeah, I, yeah, so I was paying attention to this and, like, kind of watching it and whatnot. And, but, see, here... It, the crazy thing is, I think this rolled out as of July 1st, was like the first day this happened. Um, and the minute that happened, like at midnight, it rolled in, and then people already had deals going through. Like there were two twins uh, from, I think, some softball team were already doing a deal with like Boost Mobile. Um, there was a guy that has like a dog. Uh, he's an NCAA athlete, but he has a dog that's like, Instagram famous or something like that. He signed a deal with like PetSmart or something like that, like within the first day. And people were already jumping on this. But then in my mind, I feel like it's just going to prioritize the athletes that either A, already have a big like following. Like let's throw out uh, Bronny James. He's not in college, right? Correct? He's in high Correct school. Correct me if I'm He's in high school. Well, let's say he rolls into high school. He's already got a huge following, so it's just going to help him out. And let's be honest, he probably doesn't need any help anyway, financially. Billion-dollar dad stuff to beat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, or it's going to prioritize the ones that already have a big following, not because they're a good athlete, but because they just have a big social media presence. But it's not going to help the ones that actually need the money or are hurting for it. But I'm wondering, like, if you've already made this, the money enough to make make your uh, tuition back and everything, do you add, like, a salary cap to it and say, all right, you made so much money, now your scholarship that you were going to get to be an athlete, does that go to another athlete or does that go to a non-student athlete who actually needs the money to be able to go to school. I think that actually, that's a, an interesting perspective. And I like when we talk about these things that are, are heavily covered in the news, I like to find the things that other people aren't talking about because I don't want to just rehash the same old stuff that everybody else is talking about. I think that's an interesting point that you bring up where now these kids are able to make money off of their name, image and likeness. They can, sell they can sign autographs they can get deals those kids that are the third stringer who was a walk-on who either one doesn't have a scholarship or two has like a partial scholarship where they still need a lot of financial aid yeah they can go make money themselves but that kid that's got a full ride does no no longer essentially needs that full ride 
Correct. What kind of what where I where I think this is really really interesting that nobody's really I don't know talking or maybe they are I'm just ignorant to it. You had uh, Jack on here, right? Who was a uh, we'll call him a professional was indentured servant servant. Oh yeah, yeah, with his PhD. So, so what what happens now? To can we can we sponsor college students, right? Can can this be chemistry two o seven sponsored by petroleum chemicals? Actually, so, that would be a good good question. Can he make money off so, as a you know a, a what, PhD what student? Yeah. He publishes a paper, <laughs> but but can he make money off of it? That's the reason why this happened is because anybody else on campus, anybody else other than student athletes, were able to go out and make money through social media through whatever means necessary. It was so, only the student so Jack athletes. Could. So if, if Jack had a big following, yeah, uh, had a big YouTube page or whatever, and it was in college or whatever, and uh, wanted to publish something, I guess would it have to be something that's outside of his you know field of study or something like that? That'd be a good question to ask Jack. Now, but. now from what I understand from talking to Jack and Jack, we would have to get his you know actual take on this or, or his actual knowledge but from what my understanding of what we talked about with jack was that he essentially anything that he did using the labs at his university was property of the university which makes sense they're the ones that are providing the facility and the time and the equipment and everything to be able to do his research that he needs to be able to do to publish it exactly is it, is it in the university's best interest to do Unabrite, like unfiltered science for the sake of science, or is it if, if I'm a big company, say, hey, I'd really love if you guys dialed in on blank, right? We're having a problem with X. Can you guys cater your courses towards finding solutions for? Oh, they absolutely do that. An example is we had companies for our senior design projects at, at Rose, where we went to college, they had companies come in and give various projects to the seniors who would be graduating going out into the workforce and say we have this problem we want somebody to actually look into this and see if we can come up with a solution so that it was essentially free labor for them now granted we're all undergrads so it's not like we're the the most smart people ever out there or the most experienced people but we had some like pretty big companies come in and give us projects that said we want you to look into this i'm sure universities could do the exact same thing in academia where they say you know, a uh, shell, you know, that we need a new refining process. Let's go to some chemical engineering school and have them look into this to see how we can refine our product and make it better. For... Was refined upon there? Huh? From shell. Was refined upon there from shell? Refine uh, the refinery he, he's, process. He's making a refinery. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, making right. a joke. Yeah, no, that went but, way but, over. But anyway, like, <laughs> academia is where, like, processes are discovered or whatever are are really developed in um but out in the actual field field is where things are actually put into practice and whatnot so i i everything i think starts in academia and then rolls out and it's like how how basically how can you monetize it and then it gets monetized and you start producing it Exactly. Out in the real world and the, making money off of it. The problem with the NCAA piece of this on, on the other side of it was that these kids were going to school. They were making billions of dollars. They were bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars for the universities. 
which funds those educational laboratories and buildings and, and whatnot. The NCAA is making an absolute boatload off of these kids, and they get a free education. <laughs> I don't think they should get salaries. I don't think the university should pay them any sort of salary. But I do think it is not okay that these kids weren't able to have a YouTube channel talking about what it's like being a, a, a college athlete and monetize it. That was illegal. I think it's just tough because do, do you want the same three schools to win every year? You know, is, is the sort of argument you're making there is that you want the, you know, the, the most funded. I mean, why go to anywhere else if you can't? It, it's essentially taking something. It, it's almost like making weed legal. It It's there was a big underground weed, you know, market. And then the government made it legal. And so all of the stuff is now in the light, you know, it's just brought to the forefront. Same thing with college. Athletes are paid. They were paid. They've been paid. Everybody knows it. It was just done in the shadows. Now it's been brought to the light and just say, okay, this is now legal. So I, it, I don't know exactly what it changes other than now these kids can go out and make a bunch of money, which I think they have every right to do. Do you, do you think some of the funding, um, that goes towards, well, okay, the money that is made off of uh, of sports, uh, you know, the emission, the ticket emissions, everything, whatever. Do you? I'd be curious to know if some of that money rolled into paying for scholarships for just regular students at all. Uh, I don't know. You would think it would because they're making so much money that that would go towards financial aid. Because I don't know where else financial aid comes from other than it, other than maybe the government. Which donations. I don't even know if that's the case. Alumni donations, or or, or alumni yeah. donations, uh, could be the case. Certainly, there's there's a lot of different uh, streams of income for the universities. Here's, um, go I, I I'm just I, I'm just curious whether you know if I don't know if you start taking that away. I, I'm just wanting to to focus not just on student athletes as well, but this I see this potentially hurting you know regular students i don't know if it'll hurt regular or or could it the overflow doesn't go into the school account it goes into the student account or like the individual athlete account right that's kind of where you're going yeah basically um i i I don't know where the athletic program keeps all the money and then the rest of the university but that's not how it's been working i mean the the football team and the basketball team essentially fund every other sport that the university has that's true yeah but the, but then they, they've they, also but the, there were a lot of cutbacks in the past couple of years i know um I, I can't remember if it was like minnesota or there were a lot of colleges that had they were started cutting several sports um and i remember one college in particular and i can't remember off the top of my head which one it was but they cut the cross country and like track teams or something like that Part. And I'm like, that is the, the, and it was a big school. It was like a big 10 school. And if I remember correctly, but I'm like, that sport has such, probably such a little impact, honestly, on, on money. Part of that is not always money. Uh, I think some of that actually goes into Title IX because I know sports programs have been cut because of Title IX, yeah. which is a completely different Correct. topic. So Correct. Don't I, I remember that, Rose used to, Rose Holman, where we went to school, used to have wrestling. 
and it got cut because of Title IX. So they had to have the equal amount. For all those that don't know what Title IX is, that's you have to have an equal amount of uh, women's and men's sports. Right. Correct. So, so some of those sports might have been cut because of Title IX, but I don't think this has anything to do with like the financing piece of it. I, I actually think here's a hot take: this will end up hurting student athletes. Be like in the in the long run, I <laughs> expand. <laughs> in what way? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, if you think about it, all of these kids were getting paid. the The superstar athletes were 100% getting paid. And if you think they weren't, you're naive. They're 100% getting paid. You're saying outside of the uh, getting their tuition paid for. Exactly. 100%. You're saying saying under the table. For example, there is a school. I I don't want to name names, but, I mean, they give all of their kids uh, essentially mopeds to get around campus on. Like, they gave them mopeds to transport themselves to and from practice and do all that stuff. If they had to stay on campus for a, a break where they had practice and they were competing, they would give them cash stipends. Cash. It was not, it wasn't a, hey, just use your card and go swipe it at the, at the you know, student union and get, and get food. It was cash. So these kids were getting paid in different ways. And then the superstars were getting paid in McDonald's bags full of cash, which I think is what Old Miss was doing. <laughs> so... I think it's going to actually hurt them because these kids that were getting paid are now going to have to pay taxes on everything that they make. Oh, man. Welcome to the adult world. Exactly. It's just rolling them into so, it so quicker. <laughs> so they were getting paid under the table in cash, most likely, and all of that was, like, just free. They didn't have to pay anything. Now these kids are actually going to have to pay taxes. And one of the things I was listening to on the radio is that the university is not allowed to provide them with a, an accountant. The university cannot provide them with a CPA to handle their finances. They have to now go. So out. you're going to have a bunch of college students that are going to go to jail because they didn't pay taxes. I don't know that they're their, going to jail, the but that they got. <laughs> I could see that being a problem for the kids. Is like, hey, you haven't paid your taxes on all this money that you're making with this shoe deal. Now I'm sure that you know, let's say they sign a shoe deal with Nike, that Nike's going to say, hey, you should go to this accountant and they'll handle. All yeah, your stuff. if you're good enough to get a shoe deal with Nike, you're probably going to have a pretty good lawyer and a pretty good accountant. I'm guessing you would think, but then uh, what if that person is just taking advantage of a college kid that has no idea what they're doing? Yeah, but that you, how, that everybody you gets could exploded. Say that. Right, Tim but, Duncan is like still in the process of like suing his accountant for like ten million dollars, like the best but, of the best. You know, <laughs> it's like that I happens do, to everybody. I feel like a little bit. I do think I do think a college athlete, a high pro- profile college athlete or professional athlete, is different than a kid with a YouTube channel in college. I think the the athlete is is such a more public figure right off the bat especially like those college athletes that i think they could get taken advantage of and one thing that i heard uh i was watching i think maybe it was an espn uh story like a uh oh what was the the segment they used to do a 60 for no 30 for 30 <laughs> no it wasn't 30 for 30 but it was, it was like one of those e60 e60 okay that's what it was and they were talking about kids uh at, at D1 basketball programs that come from very um, poor situations. And then they get thrown into this college atmosphere and they don't know how to adjust. They they now are surrounded by people who everybody knows them. And, and it's just a completely different situation from their, what they're used to where they came from. And I think that could be the same thing with this money. 
like like how many pro athletes do you know that have gone broke because they all of a sudden get all this money and then they don't know how to actually manage it? Allen Iverson, who and, and, would literally buy, he wouldn't wear an outfit twice. At least that's what I read on the internet. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't. I heard that too. Is that he would buy a new wardrobe every time he he traveled to a different city. Never never wore. Essentially, it was not not giving himself his own hand me downs. So I I think that there's a a lot to work out as far as making sure that these kids understand what's coming with the money that they're making. All, all like so, just across the board, all of these athletes. Because when you go from being a, a student athlete, not you know not making a ton of money if you're not making money again i think a lot of these kids were paid under the table uh to now having all this money and you're able to sign these deals somebody's got to be able to guide them through these deals so they're not signing their life away and and getting into a lot of trouble not not to sound uh, i'm gonna sound a little bit like socialist here um but i want to reiterate on my point is like this is only going to benefit the the top people, either the top athletes that have been recruited by D1 Sports um, or the people that already have a big social media presence that can make money off of it now. Um, so you've essentially got the 1% already are just going to be making all the money and everybody else, you know, the, the fucking third string quarterback who's got a, you know, 2,000 followers on instagram whatever he's not going to be making any money but let's just, say you flooded the fucking market and the top you know one percent are just going to make all the money let's let's say though that the third string quarterback is extreme uh, an extremely talented musician or an extremely talented uh you know has a big personality maybe he likes to hunt and fish it, and he has a hunting and fishing youtube channel you that, can that feeds into my the, the, that feeds into it though that's so they have they already they're either a good athlete or they have a big social media presence already i guess the counterpoint to what Warner is saying is like how else would you do it would you create this big governing body you would call it like that national collegiate athlete association or something that <laughs> controls who gets paid like i'm just confused how you how else you combat that right like it, it's either you know damned if you do damned if you don't in this situation and like i i i for one support you know more money flowing into kids hands versus big institutions yeah, well, uh, but and i'm trying money. to play i'm trying to play devil's advocate of for the the student itself not the student athlete just the student by himself but the and, argument you're making is the exact same argument that the ncaa has been making forever to to prevent kids from making money and so i think that just being allowed on your name image and likeness to like i said if, if you have if, a, if you, you have are a t- if you can make all this money if you can make all of that money, that's fine, whatever. But then that doesn't mean you get scholarship on top of that. Take that money and t- put it towards somebody that needs it really, really badly. There are some student athletes that absolutely go to college, like you were talking before. Uh, and as you mentioned, that you know came from nothing. They had nothing, but they were a really great athlete. And some college saw them and then gave them an opportunity to go to college, get an education, and perform at sports and do whatever they want for free. That's absolutely beneficial to them. But the people that don't need it, take that money that they were going to get in scholarship and roll it somewhere else. So here's here's something that could happen um, or, or might be an interesting idea is that when you sign your letter of intent, 
you either sign that letter of intent where you're taking a full ride scholarship or you're taking a name, image, and likeness deal. That's a that's a big fucking gamble. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of like I'm the, out on that. It, it's I'm like out. what's it's like salary or commission. Do you want to be 100% commission where you can unlimited go for it, use your name, image, and likeness, or do you want the university to give you a guaranteed education, pay for your food, pay for all that stuff? You're not going to have to pay for much when you're on on campus. Or do you want to roll the dice and say I can make more money on my own? It's it's kind of like the the tipping for like a waiter or a waitress, right? You make two dollars and thirteen cents an hour. Like, do you really make two dollars? Like, does anybody? Or like, obviously they have to. Yeah, pay. No, the university you, would have to make up the the uh, the cost of a full tuition or a full ride. Or, if you've made that much, if you have that much guaranteed money, now to Thompson's point though, he's gonna say like, oh well, cash tips don't count, right? Or cash tips, cash payouts to this player don't count. Bags of McDonald's dollars. So it, it, that's kind of where I draw the, the comparison there. That model sort of exists. I, I think it's a very difficult situation, and I'm curious to see how this plays out. Uh, somebody's going to have to step in and say, this is how we're going to do it. And really, realistically, it should be the NCAA, but they're kind of planting their flag and saying, we still don't agree with this ruling. So yeah, I, I, I don't well, know exactly what, what's going to happen there. Well, here's another ruling. Let's... Uh... So another interesting thing popped up in sports, and I we talked heavily in sports for the past, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever minutes. Uh, so I, I, I'm i going to announce her, I'm going to say her name wrong, Shikari Richardson? Yeah. Um, so this was a, a, a person or a, a woman who was competing in the Olympic trials and was uh, found to have THC in her system. And, um, I guess, Wait, Thompson, get... do you want to kind of elaborate on that or? Yeah. So it's, if you don't smoke weed, THC typically is found in weed products, uh, which is what gets you high. And she had gone through, she came out, she said she had gone through some personal stuff. She found out that her biological mother had died and she smoked some weed, uh, before the trials. And she was, uh, drug tested and according to the international olympic committee that is a banned substance thc is a banned substance i don't know if it's on the performance enhancing drug list i i still don't understand if why that would be a performance enhancing drug but she was found to have thc and she got suspended from competition for i believe a month which would mean that she would have missed her event, which was the 100 meter. It was a one- uh, I believe either 100 or 200. I, yeah. It was it was a 100 because I think she ran a 10.8, so it was a 100. And yeah, she, right. she was suspended for a month, so she can't run in the Tokyo Olympics. Now, there was some talk that, you know, with a month suspension that she could maybe run in the 4 by 100 relay for, the, for Team USA. But she was left off the roster completely. So people are saying she got snubbed, and there's a whole bunch of different takes on that. But what I wanted to get your guys' opinion on is, is this fair? Because there's a lot of different ways you could you could go with this. So, Warner, do you think this is fair? I, at the end of the day, I think rules are rules, and that's kind of the way it is. I, I get it. The situation is not ideal. She was going through a tough situation personally and found a way to 
deal with it in a way. Um, but in, in the argument is, oh, she was in Oregon or whatever, and and that was legal. It's legal there. Well, but federally, it's still not legal in the United States. So that's still an issue there. But in the IOC, like you said, that is a rule is you can't test positive for THC. She knows the rules. She, I'm sure, signs something that says she will not break the rules, and that's 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 it. It's black and white. It's not. There's no gray area there. You can't use. I, I like I said, it's a sad situation, everything, but you can't use that as a a way to get around the rules. Schaefer, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I kind of go back and forth because like. Once, once, like, well, when I say rules are rules, like, it, especially like in, a, in an employment situation, which is that's what it is. We just talked about that as student athletes. If you're going to be an Olympic athlete, you're looking to get, you have to follow a certain set of rules. And you either agree to that or you don't. Like, if you don't like running professionally and you don't like all the rules that are held to you, maybe you get out of this sport, right? Like, maybe you find another job. This isn't the job for you. I can't show up to drunk or I can't show up drunk every day to work. I can show up drunk to this podcast. So if I really need to be drunk every day at my job, maybe I'd host a podcast where I drink six beers in 60 minutes. But if I want to be a professional athlete, I follow the rules. You know, like that, that is what it is, right? Yeah, the, re- the rules are there for a reason. They establish a level playing field in theory. Um, and it eliminates a gray area where... Yeah, th- this substance is out here. It might not be a performance-enhancing drug, but we don't know all of the benefits of it. Like, maybe there's some benefit of THC that we just don't understand or don't completely, uh, can't comprehend. So we just eliminate it completely, and now you've created a more level playing, seal, playing field. You eliminate all the amb- ambiguity. Amb- I always struggle yeah, with ambiguity, the ambiguity. word. <laughs> ambiguity. Every single time I say that word, I struggle. Uh, but it, the, the goal is to eliminate it so everybody's on the level and playing field. And that that's just what it is. So I, I'm going to take kind of points from both of you guys. I do think it is a dumb rule. I, I think it is very stupid uh, in that... That, that THC... It, is an illegal substance or it is is an illegal substance uh that can get you disqualified from competition the uh, what i don't like is the people who are saying well lead, weed is legal in like half of the states in the united states that does not that's a bad f- argument that doesn't matter you know why it doesn't that's, matter that's such a bad argument it doesn't matter because it's the the international olympic committee it is an international body. This is has nothing to do with the United States. This is the International Olympic Committee that sets and the, these and rules. And the funny thing is, the, the, those are the people that are saying that. It's like you make your argument more, argument more invalid and make the case worse by saying stuff like that. It's yeah, like it, you're not. It's it's you're not inter- helping your case. It's an international body that set this rule. The fact that it's legal in Oregon, the fact that it's legal, uh, you know, elsewhere in the United States means absolutely nothing the, I do I agree with it no I think the international committee should probably relook at this rule this one uh, if I did she set the world record the women's world record for the 100 meter check on well, that, I'll look I, it up while I think while during that it. trial she might have set the Olympic world record for the 100 meter and to have the world record holder 
not allowed to compete in the Olympics because of weed seems ridiculous. If it was steroids, HGH, any of those other like actual performance enhancers, 100% agree. The weed, I think, is stupid. However, I also agree with you guys that the rules are the rules. And she broke the rules. And to her credit, she owned up to it. She said, look, I did it. I know I did it. I I was going through a rough time. I smoked weed. I'm going to learn from it. She's only 21, by the way. So she's got, she's got like two more Olympics. Yeah. She's got like two Olympics in her still. So, um, you know, I hope she can bounce back from this and use this as motivation and shatter her own world record. But I, I do think it's stupid. However, the rules are the rules, but it just irritates me whenever I hear people say, well, it's, it's illegal in the United, who cares? Maybe it's not legal in other countries, and the International Olympic Committee said it's not legal. So it's not legal. I think the, the thing to get at is that, like, you can't use a personal situation or, or whatever you're going through to get around the rules. And that, that's what it is. It's, a, it's an unfortunate situation. Dude, uh, I, you know. I have had to fire people because they've, they're like, hey, I got in a car wreck. I, and like, but that's my, that's your fifth day that you've missed this, this year and you're fired or like my mom died and like, okay, well that'll be day number five and day number six that you missed. So you're, you're fired. <laughs> and which, it's, which sucks, yeah. but, but the rules it, are the rules. That's the company but, policy. But, but so they exactly. think of it in, in, as that you think of it as that one instant. Though, I got fired because my mom died. That, it's like, correct. well, <laughs> but there were the, four other incidents ahead <laughs> of that, you know? So, and it's like you can't use that. So, Schaefer, um, you do, uh, as a part of your job, sometimes have to hire or, in this, uh, you know, in this situation, fire people. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so, I, I want to hear some of the stories that you have or, or that you're able to share. What are some of the the craziest or funniest like reasons that you had to fire people? Well, first, I want, I want to set the stage that I work in a ginormous warehouse, right? So, like, my office is literally a quarter mile away from the entrance of the building. And as part of our policy, employees have to be on the clock to get fired. So, I have to allow employees to walk in a quarter of the mile through this building, giant, up to three flights of stairs to get to my, you know, the time clock. And then I see him, it's like, all right, cool. Now I got to pull him in and then fire him. Uh, so that alone right there is the most awkward part because I have to walk people. It's like a six or seven minute walk, you know, to walk this guy out of the building after I just let him go. And it's like, so what are you doing on uh, this weekend? Any plans? Looking for a job. <laughs> uh, got it. Looking got for it. a job. You kind of, <laughs> you kind of fired me just yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. You know, like, uh, I think most of mine are pretty simple. You know, you either show up to work on time or you don't. It's like, I'm, we're super clear. Like, hey, you get this many days, you show up late this many times, you're fired. Um, a lot of the more interesting ones are uh, police-related, <laughs> where, you know, we hire felons, we hire convicts, whatever. And some a lot of my best employees are those ex-cons, people trying to turn their life around. Um, one of the probably the worst is I had a guy who was a really good employee. I was literally working right next to him on the floor, joking with him. And uh, apparently the the deputies came to the front the front desk and said, "Hey, we're looking for you know this guy, this guy." 
Um, we have reason to believe that he's, he'll be dangerous and he's got weapons on him. That's what we're arresting him for. He was just in a conflict in which he used weapons. And they said, yeah, no problem. We'll set up a thing. Like, so they led the, the police to all three of the entrances to my department where I was working with them and kind of slowly cased in on them and, and grabbed the guy. Cause like, wait, why, why? what's going on you know I'm, I'm innocent man i'm innocent whatever and but what, what makes me the most upset is that they came to my boss and said hey we want to arrest this guy who believes a violent criminal who has weapons on him and they didn't give me a heads up <laughs> they just sent deputies to walk up up through the the stairs and then this guy started piecing it together to look to the left saw a deputy walking toward look to the right Oh man, you know, <laughs> and so they, his only option was to you know submit to police. But they knew he was dangerous. That's what they said. Ah, Nick will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Nick's Nick's can take care of. They could have said, Who "Hey, you should head to the bathroom in the next couple of minutes because some shit's about to go down." But I said, "Like, nah, it'll be cool." <laughs> Dude, that's that's wild. I, I like. I don't know that I have ever worked in a place that you know would have hopefully not that would have had a sting operation to to apprehend a fugitive that they were trying to arrest and yeah it's <laughs> that just, works for you <laughs> yeah that works for you um i i know that you you told us about another incident which i i laughed hysterically at uh because you you guys have a loading dock where a bunch of semis come in and, and you know you load yep. load all your stuff on and i'm assuming you use you know a forklift for that to, to load pallets and and whatever else onto these semi trucks and i remember you that you were you were telling us um that the semi truck well, driver just, just let him let him explain the event <laughs> let him... Well, okay yeah it's, i mean it's well, pretty we, good we we load and unload trucks on docks you know like most distribution center warehouses whatever um and we have it's kind of an archaic system but it's always worked until it doesn't that like we text the guy that's picking up the trailers and jockeying the trailers around they're called a yard dog driver um and we text him say hey i need you to come pick up and dock x and move it to dock y or the pool out to the yard this is an empty trailer and we had this guy uh you know unloading a truck and he was about done with it so it was all the way at the back right there's typically 30 to 35 pallets on a semi so he's probably 25 30 deep into it and somebody was texted hey pull this trailer and it happened to be like very like the, the number on the trailer was happened to be like right next to the trailer that was five docks down from it so like pull 1471 and he said pull 1477 or something stupid like that this guy was in the trailer you know unloading it and all of a sudden you just you feel it right like most of you guys probably haven't been in a semi but if you're in a semi in a in a semi tra tractor trailer backs into it and just you just hear the hydraulics lifting up this whole semi <laughs> and and if you're if you're moving you know you're, you're driving you're, you're not really you don't really notice that which sounds crazy to think like yeah i would know if somebody if my thing was moving but you're facing forward and you're just doing your job. Yeah, you're, in the zone. you're doing your job. You're unloading. My job's unless truck. I got 30 minutes to unload this truck. I better get going, you know? And all of a sudden, the truck starts pulling out of the dock. And this guy in the forklift is just freaking out. He <laughs> starts yelling at me. And luckily, like, I was out on the docks, too. So, like, this guy is in a semi unloading, you know, but 
and I told him, like, just crank the wheel, crank the wheel. So he cranked the wheel and just, like, jammed his, so his forklift was sideways so he couldn't, like, roll out the back. So he's cammed, <laughs> like, cammed into the trailer. Yeah, and he it is freaking out. So, I mean, and obviously, like, this is a big building, so I can't, like, run out the door to go, like, yell at the truck driver, hey, don't, don't go pull us out, don't pull it out. So I have to let him pull it out, and then I jump out the dock door, and I sprinting down, you know, in my... You know, steel toe boots trying to sprint down a semi pulling out this guy and this guy hey, he just has <laughs> hands on his head like he thinks he's dying like he's like I'm gonna get shipped down to Kentucky or something but he has no <laughs> idea where this trailer is gonna go so in his life he's just playing through like worst case scenario like my I'm gonna tell my son that I love him but <laughs> just literally like I don't know but yeah so that guy I think that guy got fired too. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> situation. Of that. Like, you can't... that guy was just doing his job. So. <laughs> yeah, he he was a, a a digit wrong on the on the dock, and that's what you know. <laughs> so, I, I as I recall, you also sent us a picture of a sign that you have, uh, along that road where the semi trucks pull out of. Is, is that correct, or was that a, a different? Yeah, picture? yeah. It says. Please check for to make sure your trailer is empty <laughs> before pulling. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's a bit that's when a you bit see those signs. Like, it, it was there's, there's a reason for that sign, right? Like, it, it's that idiot. <laughs> like the sign, as I recall, essentially said, "Please make sure our forklift driver is not in the back of your truck." <laughs> in the back of your truck. And in if this you case, hear it was. A, a slight. <laughs> you might want to stop. So, well, the fact that you have to have a sign at all is kind of, a, you know, like a, a problem. Well, like, like like you said, there, there's a reason for the rule. There's a reason why a lot of stupid fucking laws are out there. There's a reason why you can't uh, put a snow cone in your pocket in Montana in fucking June. That That is a law. Or It's not Montana, but there's, there's New Jersey. Fucking, New Jersey, whatever it is, you can't Ice whale cream hunt in your in, pocket. You can't whale hunt in Oklahoma. You can't walk your horse down the middle of the road on a Sunday in Arkansas. There's a, yeah. there's a lot there's of different a, stupid. There's rules. a reason why it was made. But there is only one rule on this podcast, and it's at the ten-ish minute mark. And what's that rule, Warner? It's last call. Last call. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is The Last Call on The Last Call Podcast, where every week we do a little something different. This week we do have a guest, so we are going to play the typical random questions for, in this case, Schaefer. However, Schaefer, uh, you consider yourself a pretty big basketball fan. Am I am I accurate in that assessment? Yeah, I, I dabble. You- you're you're rubbing your forehead yeah. right now. And I don't like I'm it. stressed out. I feel like oh, I'm gonna put on and, the spot. And, and your favorite team would be uh, obviously the Pacers, homegrown. The Indiana Pacers. So we are gonna do a little bit of a split last call, where we will do the random questions for Schaefer, but we're also going to do a little bit of Indiana Pacers trivia to see how much you actually know about your beloved team. So. Uh, Nick, what which one do you want to do? Do you want to do the? the... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you do the random questions, and I will do the uh trivia. All right. Well, let's start with random questions for Schaefer. So Schaefer, we only have a couple of them, but are right. you ready? I'm here for it. Okay. 
Uh, at what point does a pond become a lake? Hmm. If, you don't, if you don't have control of it anymore, does that make sense? A retention <laughs> pond. <laughs> <laughs> if, it's, if it's in my house now, this pond is out of control. It's now a lake. <laughs> That's a government's problem. That's a lake problem. I'm I'm not here. I got retention ponds. I don't know much. <laughs> whenever I don't know you if that's lose, a real rule. <laughs> whenever you lose control of it, <laughs> that's a good answer. Okay. Que- question two: Which is more powerful, an unstoppable force or an immovable object? The the, the man that that's been around for centuries. All right. So. Tough. The unstoppable we're we're kind of seeing what personality you are. Well, the unstoppable force is like my desire to put it where my girlfriend doesn't want me to. An immovable <laughs> object is the opposite. So that's, that's really tough. It could go like it could go either way. I don't know. I'm gonna go immovable object so far, but I'll let you know if it changes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> it's not the way I saw that going. <laughs> you asked, I told. Don't be mad. Okay. Shout out to my girlfriend. I love you. <laughs> I'll see you at dinner. I promise I'll stop drinking soon. Winky face. <laughs> All right. If two people are playing chess, one of them is a mind reader. And the other one can see the future. Who would win? Mind reader. Really? Mm-hmm. Because you're always one. The... You can just keep watch. I don't know. You can see the future, but can you see that the other guy can? See? He doesn't know. Is he cognizant that the other guy is a mind reader? See, that's that's true. He already knows what the other guy's gonna do. So but he, then he but... the mind reader doesn't, or the. I can see if you just necessarily know that he's at. You can see his mind. This is is tough. (laughs) Next question. Yeah, this is... (laughs) That's a a tough one. Um, All right, last question. Uh, How many gay friends do you have? Uh, Just Warner. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Obviously, listen to the podcast. (laughs) Ha ha. That's a great joke based on the content of the podcast. So uh, thank it's, you. It's an un- I think. Wait, I think everybody's a little bit gay. Hot take. What what percent do you think everybody's a percentage gay? And if everybody is a what would what would be the wait, average? Percent so are you guys saying the that there's zero men in this world that you would have sex with? No, absolutely not. There's there's like one or two right like at least oh. that you know yeah no 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 it, it, right, so y'all are a little bit gay say, <laughs> yeah correct all right Thompson is is silent so we're gonna let him have his time on the stage per se I I regret asking that question um all right let's go to Indiana Pacers <laughs> trivia Warner he take did over. not answer that he did not answer that I don't like, like that it's eleven half percent that's not statistically significant. <laughs> majority it's not majority all right indiana pacers trivia so we're gonna kind of roll through these and we'll see how you do this is many beers deep after you're rubbing your head right now and it's bothering the fuck out of me because you should not be nervous we've had 
I'm bald, four, so five, it's, it's smooth. It's for good luck. No, but but we've had four, five, six beers. You should be relaxed and relaxed. enjoying the time right now. Let's go. All right. First question. What year were the Indiana Pacers founded? Was it 1967, 1985, 1958, or 1960, 1967, 1985, 1958, or 1976? I'm going to go 676. Was it 67? It was 67. <laughs> he is dyslexic. I will give him that. <laughs> All right. This one, I, I, do, I seriously doubt you're going to get this because I was reading it and I was like, there's no fucking way. All right. Who once played for both the Indiana Pacers and the San Antonio Spurs in the same game? Ooh, this is You'd like have one to of those, re- the game it, got canceled and then or the game and they replayed it and it got traded midseason. It is something stupid. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be honest. I don't okay, know. I got on. no idea on that. You're you're gonna get this based on the the options. All the right. names are Kawhi Leonard, George Hill. Steven Jackson or Bob Netoclicky? Netoclicky? Let me go with Steve Jackson. Is it in the same game? In the same game. In the same game. Okay, it was Bob Netoclicky. I I figured he would have said, like, nothing. None of those was any sense, yeah. Yeah, but whatever. I get it. If you want to look up the story, there's a long story about it. Basically, a game was there was a last second shot and something got happened. And they, and they replayed it. He got contested yeah. <laughs> and they replayed it. And he was, yeah. Anyway, question three. I think you'll get this one. Which pacer was known as the Nick Killer? We don't like that between me and you. Yeah, for uh, sure. Fuck this guy. Just get Reggie the, Miller. <laughs> it would be indeed Reggie Miller. I didn't even have to read off the options. All right, question four. Who was the first Indian Pacer with five triple-doubles in a season? The options are Vern Fleming, uh, Sabonis, Lance Stevenson, or Deltliff uh, Shrimp. Deltliff Shrimp. He's Parks and Rec star, first of all. I'm going to go with uh, Lance Stevenson because he did have the record in a season for most triple doubles. And then all of a sudden Westbrook came on the scene. and was like, I'm going to put up fucking, I'm going to average triple double, but it like, it was a big deal. And Lance Stevenson did it. Is that right? That is correct. All right. Cool. cool. Uh, Lance <laughs> Stevenson had his breakout season in 2013, 2014. All right. Uh, question five, which Pacers coach has the highest winning percentage percentage? Would that be Bob Leonard, Larry Brown, Larry Bird, or Frank Vogel? Bob Leonard. Larry Frank Vogel Brown. had some good teams, but he it didn't not for very long. So I'm gonna go Frank Vogel, even though I think that Larry Bird's number two. Or Larry, uh, Larry Brown's number two. I don't know, dude, that's so tough. What is what is your final answer? I'm gonna go with Frank Vogel because I think it was like a couple of years and I think he did really well those years. Incorrect. Who was it? Larry Brown? It was Larry Bird. See, he also all right, all right. That's fine. had a winning percentage of point six eight seven, franchise record. That's a franchise record. Point point six, six, six eight seven. Sixty eight percent is pretty good in basketball, dude. Uh, is it? 
it is I mean, yeah I, I was thinking like 0. <laughs> 0.75 0. 0.8 it was uh 1997 to 2000 so that's a really small uh sample size just some of that out there but you know, whatever all right uh da, 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 da. um against which opponent did the pacers double their opponent's score would it be the denver nuggets the minnesota timberwolves Oklahoma City Thunder or the Portland Trailblazers? Dude, we went to the game that was that reminded you of this stat, right? Correct. You fucker! And I literally told you this. I, <laughs> but I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember uh, no, who you're playing against. I'm the one who time. told you. No, no, no. It wasn't Actually, that. I don't. It wasn't I that don't game. know. Th- no, because we, I told we played. You, we we had the second highest. The second highest scoring overall. game in franchise. And I was like, I'm history. pretty sure this is close to our best win ever. And time out. Time out. Time out. All right, Did you say up? you were at this game and you still don't remember? No, no, no. We went to the second game. We went to the second highest point differential game oh okay and Correct. the the question is the first ah uh, fuck wait can you repeat the answers again all right um the quite uh the sorry the answers are the denver nuggets the minnesota timberwolves the oklahoma city thunder or the portland trailblazers i'm gonna go portland trailblazers all right that is correct um, on February 27th, 1998, uh, the Pacers destroyed the Portland Trailblazers 124-59. Warner, I, I need to say something. You sent me okay. some on this note where the Pacers doubled their opponent's score. You sent Correct. me something the other day showing the the just blatant height discrepancy oh, yes. between the, the Team USA women's under-16 team Versus the El Salvador under 16 under women's 16 team. team. Yes. Go look it up. It is comical no, how no. much we'll, bigger. We'll, we'll include it in the comments. We'll we'll add that. We'll add the Reddit post. I found this on okay. Reddit and it was hysterical. However, I looked up some of the scores from the uh, under 16 women's teams. So the USA under 16 women's basketball team versus Chile, 109 to 44. USA versus Mexico, 98 to 33. USA versus Brazil, 107 to 32. However, the worst, the worst of the discrepancies was USA versus, I believe this might be El Salvador, 114 to 19. It's uh, what you call a good old American ass whooping. That's a bad day at the uh, at the arena so anyways i just wanted to throw in that fun fact proceed all right two 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 more questions oh, uh no, they're gonna be going. got it all right they, they're gonna be very easy ones you're gonna get them i would fucking hope all right uh the next one is which team engaged in the, a famous uh brawl with Pacers? that is <laughs> it is that is correct and the final question that I made up myself is which uh, player's retirement did you attend? His Reggie final Miller's? game. Correct. <laughs> I remember playing baseball with you and being very jealous that you got to go to the game that Reggie retired at in uh, 2005, four, 2004, something like that. Sounds about right. Yep. That he got a Rolls Royce or a Bentley at. So. Well, congratulations, Schaefer. Uh, on your trivia He's there for um, the last game yeah no that was a that's an awesome experience and uh 
not bad on the trivia. Some of those were a little bit tricky. I definitely would have gotten none of those. I'm not a big basketball they guy. They were, hard. they were hard. They were a little bit tough. But, Schaefer, we really do appreciate you joining us. Hopefully, we'll have you on again. Uh, announcement, next week is our final episode of the season. It's going to be a big episode. We're going to do a special. Might be a little bit longer than normal. Uh, but we'll we'll have something good for you to end the season. And then Nick and I will do our uh, improvement uh, stuff. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully 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 our improvement stuff but thank you all for joining us Schaefer thank you for being here thanks for and having I, me <laughs> and I hope you all have a great fucking Friday <laughs>